0: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking about you and your business. Always love having you on the program, Dr. Bob Arnott. He is a show favorite, a personal favorite. Uh, You know, I have a lot of great guests on. I enjoy all of them, uh, especially my recurring guests. But there's few that I really feel like are friends, and I certainly feel that way about uh, about Doctor Bob. Always love having you, you on. Uh, you're you're an incredible authority at what you do. You have a phenomenal background. Your work as a reporter. Uh, including a war correspondent, including uh, your work as a medical editor for uh, CBS and NBC News. Um, Just an amazing background. I'm only in New York Times bestselling author. What do you not do? You compose music and uh, you're a water sportsman. So you're like uh, the quintessential 21st century Renaissance man.
1: (laughs) I like it. That's great. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, and you're also a legend in my mind i'm not sure about anyone else's but in my mind too <laughs> always love having you on the program and in fact today we're you know we're going to tap into your unique experience uh as we reflect on uh the recent situation of a stray Cessna that was flying up north and all of a sudden uh ended up uh, was heading to Washington DC this led to interceptors, U.S. Uh, military interceptors going up uh, to, to track it and to deal with it. And quickly they realized that the pilot was out, completely out, as it was flying. And apparently it was on autopilot, and it had to take the plane out uh, in, in a controlled environment. And uh, you and I, I were talking, and uh, you mentioned among your experiences, uh, it has included flying in an interceptor, which to me, frankly, I get uh, air sickness, watching them on TV. So I'm very impressed by this as well, uh, Bob. Uh, always glad to have you on. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, set the stage with us for our topic? And, and I think this is a good one.
1: Sure. So, you know, you remember last week, there were these big sonic booms over our nation's capital, which is very unusual. And it turned out that F-16s had been dispatched to intercept a plane that was not responding. And it's pretty dramatic because the plane was heading towards our nation's capital, which has the most secure airspace in the world. Now I go in and out of that airspace with permission, but if you don't have permission, it's like, you know, this is a uh, channel such and such and make 180, I mean, they're very strict about this. So to have a jet airplane with nobody responding, heading towards our nation's capital was uh, something that instilled a lot of Panic quite quickly. Now, it's interesting is I've been up in those F-16 uh, interceptors out of Atlantic City. I believe one of them came out of Atlantic City as well. And they're on a quick alert so that if something comes out, they, they run out, they get in, it, they start up, they're out, they're in the air, and then, it, as in this case, they had to go supersonic to catch up with this airplane. They also have helicopters, so if you're in a smaller plane, They'll come up alongside. And there's probably nothing more disconcerting as a pilot to be flying along on a lovely day and look at your left side and either see a, a helicopter bristling with machine guns or to see a, an F-16 with uh, air-to-air rockets <laughs> His belly right next to you. Certainly, uh, You know, it's interesting is there's. So I was up the F 16, you know, they make you train normally. And you go, Oh, I'll never use this. What do I need all this emergency training for? Which, you know, I'm just going up for an hour or two. So we go up, Is as the pilot, they let me fly. And um, from the back seat, we're flying along, and I'm doing a broadcast or and this NBC. And the pilot goes, Are you smoking a cigar? And I go, No, no Captain, I'm not. A little bit further, putting some other things out about the air intercept concept. And he goes, are you sure you're not smoking a cigar? I go, yes, Captain. He goes, okay, we're going to fire. I'm going down. <laughs> I'm pretty pretty reassuring words. So he points the aircraft's nose at the ground. And we come out, break out at a low altitude. His wingmen come on either side. There's smoke pouring out of the airplane. And we go into Atlantic City, make an emergency landing there, you know, pop the canopy, jump out, fall those emergency procedures I I didn't think we'd ever need, just like the ones you think you'll never need on a commercial aircraft. And then they came up to me, where they say, "Doc, sorry, sorry about the fire there. Um, what do you want to do now?" I said, "I want to get a good airplane and go back up." So it was,
0: uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, but, it, but this is a, I would have said, "I want a hand cab." that's impressive that's impressive so talk uh, you know um, to me I was I lived in D.C. I think you know for several years I worked for Senator Gordon Humphrey from New Hampshire, and worked for a lot of think tanks and that type of thing. And so, and I got to tell you, the entire time I never heard of Sonic Boom. I know it does happen on an occasion. Uh, and it was fun watching YouTube videos of people who were talking to friends and family or uh, a couple who that were uh, composing music together. And then, boom, <laughs> the look on their face and was like, hey, what was that? <laughs> It was interesting to watch, but it is a rarity, and it's the type of thing, when you look back and reflect back on September 11th, you know, I think everyone knows, of course, that New York was uh, profoundly impacted by September 11th, but so was Washington, D.C., and it did not get nearly uh, depressed. Uh, of course the loss of life wasn't as impressive either. Uh, wasn't as huge neither, but, uh, Washington DC is really gun shy when it comes to, to things like sonic booms and a lot of what it went through in, on, uh, September 11th. And for them, that memory still lingers. I think that probably played a role in the reactions I was seeing on YouTube.
1: Well, you remember that, uh, not so long after nine 11, they had, uh, you know, some demo aircraft coming up, uh, around New York City, it freaks everybody out. Anybody who, who hears this stuff or hears the sonic boom who sees strange airplanes, they get very, very upset. But this is quite an interesting case. You know, there's a, assess the, assess Citation five, which is a single engine jet. There aren't many of them, but a single, a single pilot jet. You know, one pilot can fly the airplane and it comes up from down south and then it makes this turn and it starts going back to the nation's capital. Now the whole time you're in the air, in a jet, for 18,000 feet, you're required to have a transponder, which has four different numbers on it. And air traffic controllers then can tell you uniquely who you are, Linked all the information on it so they know that you're a Citation 5, you have, you have three people on board, whatever the number is, and you're based in such and such a place. There's all that in there. And then, um, what do you go missing? In other words, if you're not talking for five or ten minutes, they get pretty upset, and they'll call you on an emergency frequency, 121.5. And if they don't hear anything, whether it's here or someplace in Europe, up go the fighter jets. Boom. And uh, what's, what's amazing about this is, you know, if you are in a commercial airliner, you know, it takes off and you're climbing maybe 1,500 or so feet a minute. You know, nice and relaxed and doesn't upset people. And people don't tend to get air sick. And the s 68 I'll be on the runway and the pilot will go, okay, Bob, I want you to just put – Put the throttle forward there. Get up to 300 knots. i 300 knots. Okay, get your gear up, right? And you're sitting with the runway at 300 knots. go, okay, now pull the stick back. You pull the stick back, and you're at an angle of almost 90 degrees straight up, like 85 degrees. And your vertical speed, instead of being 1,500, is, is, is 10,000 feet a minute, which means that, you know, about 45 seconds, you're up to 10,000 feet. Uh, but what's extraordinary is you can <laughs> think it's a long time a aircraft. In an F-16, I mean, boom! In a couple of minutes, you're up at 40,000 feet, and then you go supersonic, and you can get sized very, very quickly. And that's one of its roles. Very good roles is an air interceptor. So in this case, you know, they, they found the pilot unresponsive. So the the question the inside the was partly asking is well, you know, what happened? So, if you look at this in the previous Payne Stewart incident, remember that poor golfer? was Yeah, there, the golfer.
0: Went, yeah, the golfer.
1: You often have what they call emergent You have a, a sudden decompression of the aircraft. And there are three types. There's one that's very slow. You'll probably catch. There's one that's faster, about 15 seconds. You'll probably catch and get your oxygen mask. And then there's one so quick, like three seconds or so, <clears> that even the best quads can't kind of reach their mask and it's just over so they came alongside and they saw the patient the pilot slumped so the assumption is that it's pressurization however if that pilot had a heart attack the passengers in back would necessarily know anything was wrong right because they're not chit-chatting with the pilot all the time and it could have been they didn't know anything was wrong until it went down now Further reports will see whether or not the Air Force looked inside and saw people in there. But these pressurizations, depressurizations are very, very serious. And the pilot doesn't have oxygen right away. It's stop. So what they do in this situation, Kevin, is they're authorized to shoot it down. But they, they tend to follow along and see whether it's going to crash when it runs out of fuel, which is, I believe, what happened. Look at how many miles they've flown. And then they went down, on a wooded area, what so they didn't actually have to take their missiles out and, and shoot it down, but it just shows, you know, how important defense is and how badly we got it wrong during 9-11. You know, they had jet fighters coming out of Langley, in Virginia, and they went uh, out to sea. I mean, in other words, they had, in their training, they never imagined that a commercial airliner would be attacking, so these jet fighters just, they went to the wrong place, and they might have saved the Pentagon because one well, I mean, was very close. You know, supersonic speeds could have been there, probably in time to intercept. And it's interesting, you know, just in general, how we really don't game out in advance what's likely to happen. World War two, we obviously missed Pearl Harbor, even though we saw the Japanese planes on radar. And for 9/11, I had been in Pakistan with some of these terror groups uh, as a journalist, and you know, they had pictures of commercial airliners crashing into the U.S. capital. So it was well known that this was a tactic of theirs. And it's just shocking that we really kind of couldn't think fast enough to be able to get around it. That's, that's why it's okay. Of course, it's why Homeland Security was uh, was stood up. And, you know, these these instant reactions benefit all of us. I was at our local airport on Sunday night. I had flown in and parked my airplane. It was there and I leaving this. The know, was there looking incredibly besotted. I said, "What's wrong?" She says, "My husband, he's done." I go, like, "Oh my God, he's dead!" You know. So I went over without disclosing any HIPAA information, unless I went and intended to him. And then the local police came, and then the fishing game came, and then the paramedics came. And you know, I looked at him pretty carefully and decided that, because this is quite a fall from a, a human rocket that didn't work. Uh, they had a helicopter come in, so the helicopter dark crew came in and loaded them off and took them to the hospital. But you know, it's quite extraordinary because these helicopter rescue services were all across the country. You could have a terrible accident in a very remote location, and as long as you could communicate, a helicopter could pick you up and you know, within half an hour or so, have you to a, a regional trauma center where they could well save your life. Just you know, remarkable to think this is going on. You know. Uh, Every day and every night in the U.S. sort of unknown to the rest of us. You know?
0: Yep. Yep. Always love having you on the program. Interesting perspective. You always you, you have such a wealth of information in your bag. Of history uh, is so rich. I really enjoy it. Uh, final thoughts as we wrap it up. Well, I think, you know, on this particular incident, I, just anybody
1: who offers you a ride in a private airplane, I'd be very careful. You know, charters there are you charter an airplane, there are services that rank them. Very important to look at those those rankings there. Now this was an older aircraft. They can be maintained properly, but of course there'd be maintenance questions there. So I'd say, you know, make certain that you're on one of these jet share programs like NetJets does a very good job of making certain that all those airplanes are or super safe. Or if you know, if you can't afford, as most of us can't, you know, private jet travel. Uh, just be reassured that the U.S. airlines you know, the really good airlines are phenomenal. I, I'm always very impressed at uh, United, American, the overseas airlines like British Airways, how well trained they are. Tomorrow I actually have to go in and do training, do simulator training where they give you every emergency. You know, you well, lost an engine, lost an engine turned upside down. You get terrible weather and the plane's on fire. So it's practice, practice, practice. And so... You know, we always think of getting on an airliner as very kind of humdrum and ordinary to a sense, That is a real tribute to the airline industry. It's You know, you don't feel like you're getting into a, a jet fighter under fire when you're taking a commercial flight. That You know, the training is just unbelievably good. And the maintenance, you know, is uh, by and large pretty phenomenal. So, you know, feel safe.
0: If there's ever a situation where buyer beware is a good mantra, it is, getting a private plane to uh take you somewhere yeah and, and, and by the way uh, i looked at Payne stewart we were talking about Payne stewart uh he was on a Learjet, jet which you know is top of the line and so uh even with that uh you have to be careful and uh, you're talking about countries the vast majority of which have great airlines i have traveled pretty extensively in uh the former soviet union in eastern europe and uh, took an aeroplot when uh, one of the planes we flew on literally had a goat in the owl who sat right next to me during our flight. And uh, it was interesting to hear the plane shut out and sound like she could hear it, you know, brrr, it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> so, you know, you didn't want to do your research. I know North Korea's airlines are disasters. Some of the former communist airlines are a disaster. But generally speaking, air travel is really quite quality and quite safe.
1: That's safer than a car. But it's interesting with Payne Stewart quickly that you know I believe the rear bulkhead blew out, so that the frame quite quickly depressurized, and apparently there was no oxygen. You could they couldn't turn on the oxygen tanks. So there are those pilots, and they were in this decompression. They knew that because when the Air Force came alongside, they could see that the windows were frosted, which happens with nearly instantaneous depressurization. Because the humidity will suddenly stick to the windows there, that super, super cold air comes inside there. So, um, you know, just got to be very aware. You know, if you have a pilot over 50,000 feet or a commercial pilot, you know, lower when the other pilot leaves, they're supposed to have an oxygen mask on just in case that happens. So safety, safety, safety.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Always love having you on the program, Dr. Bob Arnott. We always have lots of information about him over there at priceofbusiness.com. Make sure you check the link uh, that uh, uh, will go through uh, uh, his article and in our interview. Uh, Dr. Bob, thanks so much as always.
1: World's best host. Thank you so much, Kevin.
0: Really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. We'll I have more for you after this.